0: Welcome to Shanghai Comedy Corner Podcast. Before we start the 26th episode of Shanghai Comedy Corner with Eric Barnes, I would like to introduce you to Paul Ogata. I was very lucky to meet Paul Ogata last week in Hong Kong as he was touring Asia before his show at Champs in Hong Kong. And here's the little interview I made with him just before his show. Enjoy! So you uh, just flew from Myanmar? Yeah. How, how was that? Oh, what a
1: listen! It's it's as third world as you you can get. Oh wow! Uh, I think I got uh, food poisoning. I was I managed to stay healthy the whole time, and then at the airport as we were leaving, Jamie Gong, the guy from Takeout Comedy, found a water cooler and he poured us two cups of water from it, and I think that did us both in. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Man. I'll probably die in the middle of this interview. Glad <laughs> <laughs> to be back in Hong Kong? Yes, where there's a, a semblance of sanitation.
0: <laughs> I've prepared here a little, a few questions. Uh, first one is, can you describe yourself in one word?
1: One word, that's uh, <laughs> a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah. One word. Well, today that word would be diarrhea. But the, <laughs> on, on any other day, maybe a hyphenated verbal diarrhea. I'll okay.
0: <laughs> uh, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? Wow,
1: I would. Uh, it's you know, a million dollars isn't nearly a million what it was worth in the past. Hmm. I think it's. I'll just pay off my one of my credit cards, and I think that'll take the balance of it. Okay. Uh, but, uh do good things for stray dogs. I think is what I would do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, you come from uh, Hawaii, right?
1: Yeah, born and raised in Hawaii. Hmm.
0: A lot of stray dogs over
1: there. <laughs> no, but I'm a dog lover, and I was just in Myanmar where I was just at. The dogs roam the streets like they're humans,
0: okay.
1: uh, and they're pretty much like people. They'll, they'll sleep in the middle of the road. Cars will avoid them. In most other places, they'll run right over the dog. Wow! But uh, I, I probably saw as many dogs as I saw humans there.
0: Mm. Uh, a friend of mine uh, did uh, also a stand up comedy in Myanmar uh, not so long ago. Maybe you remember it, Turner Turner's Park? Absolutely. And uh, he said uh, he made the mistake of one night going back to the hotel after midnight, yeah, and this is when all the wild packs of dogs just basically run the streets. Yeah, it was like uh, I
1: Am Legend, where uh, <laughs> rabid animals stalk you in the dark.
0: <laughs> so if you had to take one thing on a deserted island, what would it be? Classic question. Mm.
1: Well, that's difficult. You bring your phone, you have no internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would bring my dogs. Yeah, a uh, plural. I the Let's girl see, dog. I'll bring my girl dog. Your girl dog. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: It would be. I always liked flying mm. because that was something Superman never really had in the beginning. He he could jump mm-hmm. because he was in a different gravity and uh, he was able to jump farther than normal humans. And suddenly, all of a sudden, he's flying all around the place. <laughs> I don't buy it. That's what I want, though.
0: <laughs> but What's your ideal drink?
1: Ooh, well, Johnny Walker Blue Label is good. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Your man. The best and all the worst compliments someone has ever paid you.
1: <laughs> 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 wow. When I was just starting out, uh, I did a show and Pat Morita was in the audience. Okay. Uh, Mr. Miyagi. And after the show, he was drunk. And he called me over. He said, oh, you're going places. You're going down! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess that filled up both both categories. Right. I've read a lot about on your blog, uh, on Facebook also, about your different airplane rides. Oh, uh, that again, yes. Yeah. What's the craziest moment, though, if you had to pick a crazy airplane ride or something related to airports that you remember?
1: Well, I think uh, the Bali airport takes the cake. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's really... Uh, it's sort of what I expected the Myanmar, the Yangon airport to look like, but it, it didn't. The Yangon airport is beautiful. The uh, the Bali airport, however, is. Uh, the floors are dirty, dusty. Uh, you're sitting two feet away from someone, but they're in a taped off area that says smoking.
0: <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: People with chickens, live animals. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. One memory from your childhood that you would like to share?
1: One memory from my childhood. Uh, Maybe something pivotal that made me travel down this road as a comedian. Uh, I, I don't know, I guess it was hard to, I I was just such a difficult kid, it was hard to make friends. Really? Yeah. uh, But through making jokes and being funny, I was able to get people to like me and I think it's not a specific thing, but it's just a a general uh, recognizing that that's probably what made me become
0: this. So you would uh, just do things during class or break times? Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. Putting uh, rubber rats on the teacher's desk uh, and seeing her freak out—it was that, that's that's what I'm at. Uh, when you come to a show, I'm putting a rubber rat
0: <laughs> that's your whole in element. your ear. Yes, <laughs> you go around the place, trick the audience. <laughs> absolutely. What's your retirement plan if you have any? Mm. or Your ideal
1: die young. Yeah, I guess. That's a good one. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I don't think I ever want to stop doing comedy. So I'm sure people might tire of being an accountant or yeah. uh, or painting walls <laughs> for a living, but this is something I'll, I would look forward to doing until I, I hope I die doing it.
0: Wow, like Moliere on his on his stage.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what you just said.
0: <laughs> if you could meet and talk to someone for one hour that is already dead and gone.
1: Who would that be? Oh wow! Well, obviously top of mind, I would say Robin Williams because yes. he was, you know, in what we do. In what we do, is he's the most recent one to pass um, in an untimely fashion, yeah, and, and in such a sad way. I, I would love to to tap his uh, thoughts. Cool.
0: Any any performance you remember by him that you really liked? Any
1: movie or show? Oh, uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. It's uh, anything he's ever done was amazing. I've seen him go up uh, at the laugh factory uh, unexpected for uh, a, a crowd of maybe 80 people and they were lackluster before he got on but once he got on it was electric and it was crackling. Uh, that guy, he was a magician.
0: What's the best meal you've ever had?
1: Dude, uh, I love ribeye steak. Okay. I don't know if you've ever had that. Yeah, yeah. Is, to me, I thought it was the best part of the cow, <laughs> it is not. There's a little juicy thing on the end of the ribeye steak which is called the rib cap apparently Uh and i always liked that part of the ribeye most i just didn't know it was a thing i didn't know it had a name (laughs) then i went to gordon ramsay's restaurant in las vegas gordon ramsay steak and that was on the menu rib cap holy oh i don't know who i have to punch in the face to get another one but i'm going to
0: all right do you
1: listen to music a lot or I you know I was a radio DJ for eight years oh, wow. and so I uh, was bombarded with the just uh, what what the radio industry the music industry wanted you to like okay and so now uh, I don't really listen to radio I, I sort of discover things if I'm somewhere I'll uh, sound hound it mm. uh, or whatever the other app is Shazam I don't I don't first of all Shazam is a bogus superhero anyway <laughs> so uh, so any music you're listening to at the moment I uh, geez what uh, kind I've, of music do you like I've come into uh, a bunch of Brazilian lounge remakes of pop hits and uh, oh, wow. uh, just all you know whatever uh, I Will Survive yeah. uh, to uh I don't know it's just whatever uh, elevator music but done in a Brazilian loungy style <laughs> and I really like that
0: those sweet voices yeah yeah and, yeah. Cool and the,
1: the little where they hit the stick with the other stick and make that yeah that, click yeah, yeah <laughs> I like that that's what I would do if I was going to be in a band okay I'd be the stick hitter
0: <laughs> and if you were an animal what animal would you be? oh a dog of course yeah No, of course yes i will be a dog But what had, kind of dog? because there's hmm, tons of different dogs well uh
1: you know, the, the gut instinct is to say something like uh, an Alaskan Malamute or, uh, or a Golden Retriever, something of purebred, but mm. I, I think that incites cruelty and uh, unfair breeding practices.
0: Discrimination. Y- oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, you like Golden Retrievers, or you like Blondes. <laughs> uh, I don't know, rescue a dog. You know, I, I'd yeah. like to be a, a dog that um, came from other dogs, the best of all kinds of
0: dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I've had two dogs like this uh, at home, and yeah. they were rescue dogs, yeah. and they were the best. They are, totally. Very faithful, very strong, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, the one dog, we rescued uh, three dogs so far. The, the latest dog, he's he's faithful to us and protective, uh, and if anyone comes in our house, he will he will bite them.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, you have your family in Hawaii, right?
1: Well, yeah. Uh, my family's from Hawaii. My wife's family is from Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, but we both live in California.
0: California. The last question, or one of the last questions, is uh, very uh, your next gigs and projects. Something you'd like to tell uh, people?
1: Yeah. Well, I will when I return from Hong Kong, if I make it out alive. With <laughs> <laughs> a show in Macau on Sunday, and then uh, I return to Las Vegas for a, a week. That would be a Thanksgiving week in the United States, um, and then. Uh, off to Europe in January.
0: Europe in January? Wow, yeah. Where are you going in Europe?
1: Uh, well, Portugal, Italy. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure where else, but it's a bunch of places.
0: That's great. Yeah. Wow, I love these places. Uh, I was just in Portugal last summer. Yeah,
1: uh, I've never been there. Is it... Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah? It's amazing. Well, Do they take euros or is it... Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, okay. yeah.
0: They work with euros.
1: All right. Well, I'm screwed then, aren't
0: I? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Rats. So they're, they're really uh, welcoming people. Okay. They, uh, because... They kind of not get all the tourists that Spain does, obviously. It's on the way, you know, on the way to Portugal, people just stay in Spain. Yeah. Uh, So they really appreciate people. They're really good. They're really good people. It's slow. Okay. Like a South European country.
1: Are they good even to Americans?
0: Uh, I guess so. I don't know. I'm French. I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And something you'd like to say right now. Something's on your mind. Something you'd like to say.
1: Hey, life is fragile, you know. uh my wife's mother is going through some health problems right now, and pretty pretty grim kind of stage four cancer thing, and it just you, enjoy life every minute that you got it. It's uh, except when Myanmar tries to kill you with their water, uh, <laughs> but other than that, it just life is so fragile, and the, the impermanence of things was really driven home to me by that. Uh, get out and laugh. Go see a show.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing us. Up laughter to to our lives.
1: Well, I, I, I'll try. I make no promises, but thanks.
0: <laughs> well, I remember something you posted, uh, I think you posted that on Facebook a couple of weeks ago about laughter's the best medicine, right? Yeah. And I uh, completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. So, thank you. Well, thank you. Alright, I'll see you tonight, at champs. Alright, champs, right. champs it is. Bye-bye. Boom. Boom. Dear Shanghai fans, Shanghai trash, real Shanghai goods and fake law this week's podcast episode is sponsored by my pet peeve, people who stop their cars in the middle of the elevated highway for a half-inch scratch on their precious transportation device with another bedazzled driver, causing a massive 3km traffic jam because your vehicle is more important than other people's lives. First of all, it is called the elevated highway for a reason. It doesn't really cater for low-minded individuals such as you and your expensive Panamera Porsche that you're scared to even drive in an empty tunnel at 4am lest you should collide with a moving wall. If I ever get the chance to get off my taxi when near you and your stopped automobile, I'll personally contribute to the scratch, but this time to your face. I'll make it worth your while by making sure all the people waiting more or less patiently behind you get your name, address and telephone number for thank you note purposes. From now on, I'll always have a pot of steaming hot stinky tofu with me to casually throw out the window onto your recently washed four-wheel carriage. Welcome to the 26th podcast episode of Shanghai Comedy Corner, the only podcast that jumps over traffic jams in no time and travels directly to your ears. I'm talking to you from a secret location in Shuhui, namely me my home, driving the punch lions home and giving you a lift to people of note by a shy comedy corner. This week improviser, ex parking attendant. Currently corporate trainer Eric Barnes and I will bring you zooming fast track news. It's random, it's fun, and it's as unexpected as finding a free parking spot in Shanghai. You can follow us and comment on the show on Twitter at shcomedycorner and go to our website shcomedycorner.com. Send us an email at shcomedycorner at gmail.com or find us on our official WeChat account at shccpodcast. That's shccpodcast in one word. Hello, Eric. Hey, Julian. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Had a good day? Yes, I did. Well, it's kind of a very special podcast because it's the first podcast I record in my home.
2: I feel special, actually. And it's luxurious. I love the chandelier, what you've got here.
0: Yeah, it's a very expensive IKEA chandelier. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm very, 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 very happy to have you on the podcast um, because I've known you for what three two, years, two or three years yeah. now um, you've been an improviser with smac comedy and sure. how's that did, how did you come into uh, SMAC? uh
2: well, I started out taking the uh, improv 101 courses with uh, Kurt about three years ago, and after a couple uh, couple classes, I auditioned for smac and here I am so wow it's been two and a half years now I've been a member of SMAC.
0: right and then uh, Two and a half years, three years, it was Mac, but 11 years in
2: China, right? 11 years in Shanghai, yes.
0: All right. How did you get here in the first place?
2: Well, as most stories go, it involves a lady. Oh. Uh, it's not a happy ending story, but <laughs> <laughs> I was living in Strasbourg before I came to in Shanghai. France, yeah. Yes, in France. And I met a charming Chinese lady, and she was refused a visa to go to the U.S. So we said either we stay in France or we moved to China. So I got a one-way ticket to Shanghai, had no idea what I was going to do when I got here and I'm still here. But did you speak Chinese at the time? Yes, I did because I lived in Taiwan for about three and a half years to oh, study. Oh, so you had connections I with had, Asia. Yeah, I already had some experience there. So. All right.
0: So you are originally from
2: Idaho. Idaho, yes. Uh, the potato state, Rocky Mountains. Now, is there um, something you miss about Idaho? Fresh air. Oh my god! (laughs) I miss also, you know, my family, my friends. You know, uh, going like white water rafting or Mm. things like that. You know, in the big nature. I mean, Shanghai. uh, Shanghai here, there's no mountains. There's no mountains. Well, it's just right? Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. (laughs) Only Shanghai people believe. It's a mountain. (laughs) That's the test. If you want to ask someone, someone says, I'm from Shanghai. You say, okay, I'll give you the test. And you ask them a series of questions. But the key one is, are there any mountains in Shanghai? If they say, yes, we have Shoshan, then you know they're real Shanghainese. (laughs) Um, So
0: in in idaho you come from a small town called firth
2: firth yes i grew up in a small town called firth i went to high school in a neighboring town called uh, shelley now firth has a total population of about 400 people wow it's a village i mean i lived on a street that had no pavement it was Mm. dirt and rocks and our neighbors across the street were cows. I mean, uh, it was, a, it was a, a, a poor little town in the the middle of nowhere. We lived in a poor neighborhood in the poor town. And we were so poor that even the poor kids in the poor neighborhood in the poor town still laughed at us for being so poor. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you... you- Kind of made it, right,
2: well, yeah, I, I made it all the way up to uh, middle class so i 'm really happy about that <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no i I think it 's one of the things I tell people all the time that yeah. when I was sixteen years old, if you told me someday I would live in China, I would speak Chinese, I would have traveled to twenty something countries around the world, I never would have believed you, and mm. so, yeah, I just kind of got lost in the world and still traveling, so that 's fantastic because you 're now a successful corporate trainer right? Oh I'm, I'm a corporate trainer <laughs> how successful yeah I, I stay pretty busy at it I, I enjoy my job too I have a job where I can get up in the morning and say cool I get to work today instead of going oh god I have to work today so mm. I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, you're pretty happy-go-lucky kind of person mm-hmm. aren't you? Yeah I hope so Yeah,
0: you've been this long in, in China but you've, you've had a lot of different
2: job experiences right? Oh yeah <clears throat> my first job right after high school was I would I would park cars. <laughs> now it's not a job like at a you know, a fancy place being a valet or something. My job actually was there were I worked at a train depot. Okay. Now, these trains would come in from uh, Detroit into California and they would stop at this big train depot. So they'd park the train and we would drive the cars off of the train and park them in this huge parking lot that's like one mile by one mile big. It was huge. So that was my first job right out of high school parking cars. Wow. In your uh, life in Chi- Shanghai, yeah,
0: you told me about a kind of scary moment about five years ago uh, that you had a health, health concern, right?
2: Yes. Yes. I had Bell's palsy. It hit me once. And so one day I was at the office and suddenly I got a really splitting headache and I said, oh, I have to go home. And I went home and I slept and I slept and, I slept, and I slept and I woke up Well, a few hours and then I slept again till, way until the next morning and when I woke up half of my face wouldn't move. Wow. And I thought I had a stroke or something and so I was scared. So it was just completely paralyzed. Yeah I was paralyzed. I mean so like if I wrinkled my forehead wow. half of the, the side was paralyzed would stay smooth. The other the other side would wrinkle but the side that was paralyzed wouldn't and it went all the way down my face and so I couldn't blink normally. Tears would just run down the side of my face I couldn't use a straw because I couldn't get the suction because that one side of my mouth wouldn't close. I thought I had a straw. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah, I can understand that. What was your reaction, Was your first reaction to this? Oh, I just like, oh my God, I'm so far from home. Mm. You know, I wanted to see my family. I wanted to see my friends. You know, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to be home for, for once. You know, I 17 years overseas and that was the one time I just mm. really felt like, I need to be home. <laughs> yeah, could but you speak normally? I, I, I would I'd have a little bit of bl- 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 on the side of my mouth, but just pronouncing certain sounds, usually B's and P's and stuff, and, mm. bl- 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 and like that. But most times, unless I told you, not everyone would notice, except for, of course, the tears running down the side of my face. And okay. Stuff, but, yeah. Wow. And uh, how long did it take to just be, res- you know, uh, cured? Well, here, well, I had a combination of of. Therapies done then I had the traditional Western style, which was getting steroid shots, mm. and then I was also seeing a uh, a Chinese doctor who did acupuncture, mm. and uh, that was pretty interesting because there was this old guy, was like 82 years old, who'd sit there and chain smoke, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like coming to his clinic, he'd, he'd just smoke, smoke, he'd finish a cigarette, telling everything, and his name was I remember this, Zhao Tiancai. Now, Tienzhai in Chinese means genius. Oh, wow. And apparently he was a genius of acupuncture. And so uh, he was recommended to me by a friend of mine who couldn't have a baby until he went to see Mr. Tienzhai. And then after that, you know, he, he got poked a few times and he could do it. And so, wow. Yeah. And so I went to see him a few times and he'd tell jokes in Shanghainese, which I didn't really understand. But he poked me and stabbed me and eventually my face got better. So... He was a genius. He was a genius, after a all. Genius
0: after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, you, you're quite famous throughout Asia for doing the pregnant trick. The pregnant trick, yes. That's, I, that's something we should tell our audience today, because <clears throat> although it's a podcast, I'm sure they can imagine. Yes. Uh, six foot. I mean, how, how tall are you? Uh, six foot three. I'm six one, foot three tall. Ninety one hundred ninety one centimeters. Yeah, yeah. So can you imagine this? Big man, yeah. this big Idaho man,
2: uh, doing the pregnant trick, which yeah. basically is— Well, I I stand there and I'll do it for for you. I know you can't see it, but just so you can get Julian's uh, thing. <laughs> right. So what I do is I stand to the side, so people can see I'm not arching my back, right? Mm. And then I, then I, I usually do it with a routine where I pretend like I'm I'm summoning my chi power or something like this. <laughs> you know? And then I put my hand on my stomach to prove that it then i oh my
0: god <laughs> it's, it's really impressive
2: so yeah i just kind of you know, let it let all it come out and then it just sticks out like that and then i can suck it back in well i hope i'll i'll always be able to suck it back in my fear <laughs> is i'll do it one day and it's, it'll just stick there and it won't come back yeah
0: so it's like it's like that woman who can do uh scary eyes you know yeah. like no, no, the eyeball kind of
2: sticks out. Yeah,
0: oh, that that is freaky. That yeah. is freaky. I'm I'm scared for her that it will never, yeah. you know. Pop back in, you know? yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Really scary, anyway.
2: Well, so it's either that or you do the uh, the the moving pectoral. You know, they like they you know, move this. Oh, this, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, less that's scary. Yeah. That's, that's it's scary. always a good excuse to get the girls to try to touch you, though, right?
0: So. <laughs> I, I, my mom always told me, don't don't make
2: faces and you know unless you know unless you, you get, sp- get stuck. stuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> do they say like if you smack you on the back of your head, it'll stay that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Parents are the same all around the world. So, <laughs> um but uh, also people should know that you
0: at one point had a strange fear you had a fear of microwaves
2: can yeah you, you it explain? was something that happened and it was early in my days in shanghai actually i don't know why but i didn't like to be in the the room at the same time as my microwave was running i just felt like like i don't know it was like it was one of those things where they say it's safe now but 20 years from now they say oh my god it causes you know the radiation kills them, or something so uh i would if I had food to microwave, I'd stick it in and I'd go, I'd go out the room. I would do something else for it until I heard the ding. And then only heard, heard the ding, then I would come back. And that, then I felt safe. And I was—I eventually got over that, but that was one of my... Because we know
0: a door made of wood is the best protection in the world.
2: Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the, the door made of wood is going to save my life from vicious microwave radiation so yeah yeah forget about the pollution and everything else oh yeah yeah it's the real the real danger is lurking in our kitchens right now yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah breathe that shanghai air who cares (laughs) and that
0: and and at some point too you were very special and you had another talent which is you could type on three different kinds of keyboards. Yeah. Uh, um, Not at the same time, obviously, but you could switch from one to the other pretty fast. Yeah,
2: when I was living in Strasbourg, I remember because uh, when I was in Taiwan, I learned to type on the, uh, what's called the Taiwan Zhu Yin Fu Hao, which is a we most of us call Bopomofo. They have a keyboard where you put in the sounds and then the tones to enter Chinese characters. And so I learned to do that while I was in Taiwan. And then when I moved to France, you have a different keyboard, mm. you know, and that's called the AZERTY. A-Z-R-T-Y. Uh, so I learned to type on that and I could do the English QWERTY and the AZERTY and the uh, Taiwan. And I, for a while, I could do all three of them without looking, but now, nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we carry
0: on with this interview, I'd like to make some announcements about what's going on in Shanghai this week. And there's if there's one thing you should remember one thing you should go to watch one thing not to be missed this week in Shanghai is definitely the show called Little Shop of Horrors. And Little Shop of Horrors um, is it a very special, special American show. It's a musical and it's a crazy story from, I believe, the 60s, right? Or the 70s? Yeah.
2: They yeah. made a movie in the 1980s about it. It was about yes. 1984, 85. I remember seeing that when I was a, mm. a young man.
0: And it's a very funny show, quirky, crazy kind of show. Yes. There's lots of strange characters and storylines. Um, And it's being adapted, I mean, it's being played and performed Mm -hmm. by Urban Aphrodite, who's been bringing uh, a lot of great shows to Shanghai and been performing a lot with different talents across town. And uh, this show is very special for us because one of our dear friends, Kurt. Kurt... Uh, Mabry, who's been on the podcast two or three times already, is performing a major role. Now, we won't say who, we won't say what, but we just say you have to go and see it. It's bound to be amazing.
2: Let me say, Kurt is perfect for this particular role, and you'll really understand it when you see it. So
0: get your tickets
2: uh, at tickets at
0: urbanaphrodite.nl. That's tickets at urbanaphrodite.nl. Because it was created in the Netherlands. And uh, Anne James, the producer, director, and all-time goddess of theater in Shanghai, will uh, promptly give you your tickets. And it's already sold out for Saturday night. There's a few tickets left for Friday night, which is a special show, because Anne James herself will be in the play, replacing one of the major characters. Uh, But we have different friends also... Uh, playing in the in this show and I, I i hope they'll be on on the podcast very soon there is uh deji Ondulami, there is um jp lopez all great actors and singers there's many more talents too and and then i'm going there on thursday me too uh, so is sorry you eric and uh, i know a lot of people too so get your tickets get there uh if uh you have not enough with this amazing show uh, you can still go to the Shanghai Tickler open mic on Tuesdays, every Tuesday at Bar 390 or the Home for Comedy. Uh, you still have improv shows on Thursdays at uh, Kung Fu Comedy Club. The People's Republic of Comedy, PRC, are performing every Thursday. That's and in Jin Lu. And right? that's on Jin uh, Shen our Zmack, is performing on Fridays at Bar 390 on Pai near Fahua Chen Lu. Uh, and I believe Joe Klosak, a very famous Californian stand-up comedian, is still in town. He's finishing, Is coming very close to the end of his two-month uh, residence uh, in China. He's been traveling a lot. Uh, to different cities like Suzhou, Beijing, uh, Chengdu and different clubs across Asia. So his his visa is about to run out. His visa is about to run <laughs> out, that's what we mean. <laughs> so if you want to catch uh, some this great, great, great stand-up artist whose quirk or whose specialty is improvisation, actually. He mm. plays a lot, he riffs, as we say, a lot with uh, the crowd. And he also introduced this weird game show Uh, It's a stand-up semi-improvised game show that he's developed, and it's quite unique, so go run and see him before he leaves town. Uh, Lots of great comedians are coming to Shanghai these days, so if you want to check them all out, if you want to be abreast of all the developments of comedy in China, go to ShanghaiComedyCorner.com. You have all the links there, and you can subscribe to our WeChat SHCC podcast, and you'll be kept abreast of everything that happens In Shanghai, as far as comedy is concerned. Uh, Let's go back to you, Eric. me. Yes, Yes. you. The reason you're here. And um, I'd like you to uh, explain a little bit what improv uh, means to you, what it has brought into your life, and and how how you see improv uh, in in your life, basically.
2: Okay, well, to really understand this, you'd have to go back in history uh, for me. I mean... Mm. Uh, when I was in high school, I was in love with just like every Sunday night they had the one-hour comedy show that would play on the radio, and mm-hmm. I'd sit up late and listen to that. And I, you know, at that time, we had, you know, people like uh, Steve Martin, uh, Stephen Wright, Rob Reiner. Some of these these uh, comedians were just really brilliant. I would stay up late at night on Sunday nights just to listen to that that comedy show. And as, back then, I would even record it on the the Cassette tapes, cassette tapes. <laughs> yes. yeah that's how old Wild I, am. <laughs> <laughs> but I was you know in love with comedy, and what I found actually was throughout my life, uh, I've run into some big trials, like everyone does, and uh, my ability to keep a sense of humor is what's got me through so many of the tough parts of my life and uh, and uh, you know, as I got into my job, you know, I, I do a lot of time you know spend time in front of large groups of people. Know, to be a trainer, you have to have kind of the stage presence to be able to control a situation. But there was something I just wanted to add. I just wanted to take it to another level, was to do something different. You know, when I was uh, at the part of the Toastmasters clubs before, they used to have what they called impromptu speeches. Mm-hmm. You'd stand up, you'd do one-minute, two-minute speeches on some topic that they gave you, and you had to instantly come up with a speech on it. Well, I always thought, well, that's cool, but what's the next level? What's Mm -hmm. the big level on that? You know, what, you know, it's one thing to do a two minute speech. How about we do a, you know, let's do a 40 minute long form with nothing but just a few words and improvised on the fly, but not just one person, a group of people all doing it. Now, it seems like it's so more, much more complicated and challenging, but it's also that much more satisfying when you can do it. And, you know, when I got into the improv classes i didn't realize how complicated or how skilled it was to be able to do this kind of art form it really is an art form to be able to get up there and do it and when you see it done well you go like wow you, you appreciate it all the more because you know it's not as easy as it looks mm. so uh yeah for me uh, and it helps me in all other parts of my life too i mean comedy helps me get through tough times improv teaches you just to accept things as they come, mm-hmm. you know, don't plan, just pay attention, listen, you know, look at what's going on and, and move on from there. And that's, that's a great thing about it. Um, and frankly speaking, I love it because I get to work with great people like Julian here. <laughs> I get to work with people like Punk. I get to work with people like Kurt Mabry and these people that, mm-hmm. you know, people who are truly professionals at this. And for me, it's just a pleasure to go work with them every week and learn and to watch myself grow and watch my fellow teammates grow and have that bonding together while you do it. It's amazing. It's a great experience. And
0: even even your son has, has joined the team, right? He
2: has. He has. My son, uh, he's taken two levels of the improv courses already. Mm. He was part of a, an improv group of teenagers for a while called mm. 50 Kadibur. Mm. And yeah, that was pretty cool to see him up on stage and, and enjoying this. And he's actually a fairly uh, introverted You know, very shy. Uh, And to see him get out of a shell and do this and see how improv gave him another level of confidence that he didn't have before. That's pretty cool. Mm. That's cool. So I guess um, improv is part of our lives—it's
0: yes. not just when we're on stage; it's also a philosophy of life, right? The yes, and yes, and you know, yes things and. come along. You just yes, and you know, mm. yeah. And you trust your instincts more, I guess. And uh, so, according to your instincts, where, where do you see yourself in, a, in in a few years? Where do you see? Yourself in the next chapter of your life, where are we going to meet? Crazy, oh dear. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I always have something I can't plan it. You know, Mm. if I was completely planning, I would be a true improviser now, would I? Uh, (laughs) I I have ideas though, and some of my ideas would take me back to my hometown, you know, be close to my family, fresh air of Idaho, you know, my little cabin in the woods, Mm. uh, maybe like working at a university. Uh, setting up my, you know, branch of SMAC, mm. you know, amongst the students or something, and uh, you know, helping other people, you know, like students go study abroad or something mm. like that. Being a counselor for them, you know, spending my my final years like that, using my knowledge of traveling around the world, uh, helping other people connect to the world, and also, you know, learning at the same time. I mean, as the Chinese say, you know. Right? So live to be a long time, you know, live to be old and keep learning until you're old. So yeah, it could be fun.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Eric, for this, these thoughts. It's been nice having you here. Uh, it's been really nice. And uh, if you want to catch uh, some of Eric's talented improv skills... Uh, please go see the show on Friday Friday and every Friday actually every Friday you will see Eric uh, most Fridays anyway you will see Eric uh, perform with Mac at Barton ninety that's 830 at Bar 390 on Pailu near Papah Chandu, and uh, we'll I'll see you there. Actually, this Friday. Yes, uh, we'll be on the stage together. We'll be on the stage together. Come and have a laugh, everyone. And if you want to get in touch with Eric, or if you want uh, all the information we've been talking about in this podcast, please go to shycomedycorner.com and you'll find all the different links. And uh, if you listen to some of the episodes, some of these podcast episodes, you can also win things by answering uh, questions. Uh, And so stay in touch with us and you can win tickets and even food. So I'll see you uh, next episode. Bye-bye, Eric. Thank you so much, Juliet. Bye.